Do we give Miles Michaelis enough credit as a top starting pitcher in Major League Baseball? Plus, we'll run down today's action against the Nationals, where two of the Cardinals' top young pitchers took the bump, all on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. You can also follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and many, many other places. You can also find us on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. I want to start this um, episode talking about Miles Michaelis because I, I've been doing a lot of thinking about Miles and uh, about this pitching staff and I wonder if we if we appreciate him enough. I wonder if I appreciate him enough. Since the end of last season, myself and a lot of fans and guys you listen to on the radio and on TV, the personalities who are on those stations that, who cover the Cardinals have, have banged the table over and over, saying that the Cardinals need an established ace to lead their rotation. They need a true number one, a go-to guy. When you need a win, whether it's in the regular season or the playoffs, the guy that, that gets the ball and you just let him eat. I still haven't changed my stance on this. Don't get me wrong. But the Cardinals were unable to land any of the three aces that were available during free agency this past offseason. Uh, you had Jacob deGrom, Justin Verlander, and Carlos Rodon. And they were unable to land them for various reasons. I don't think many people thought that deGrom or Verlander or Verlander were, were realistic possibilities. I, I never even thought about them. I always figured that they were going to go somewhere and make way too much money and probably wanted bigger markets than St. Louis has to offer. And you had basically uh, them switching states. <laughs> DeGrom goes down to to uh, Texas and joins the Rangers. And then you had Verlander going up to New York and joining the Mets where DeGrom was just at. Um, Rodon was the one that many of us thought the Cardinals had a real chance at snagging. And we don't know how intense talks actually got between the Cardinals and Carlos Rodon's camp, but it became apparent that Rodon wanted to pitch in New York for the Yankees, and that's where he went, and that was that. So the Cardinals will roll into the season with hardly a bad rotation. It's not like the it's just a bunch of scrubs, you know? Uh, they are very, very good, but it's a rotation that, that, in my eyes, still lacks a true number one starter, or do they? Wainwright is in his final year. We know he's not the Wainwright of a few years ago. We've accepted that, and that's fine. We just hope he's better than he was in September last year. If he does what he did the rest of the year, other than September last year, we're going to be very happy. Uh, Steven Matz coming back from an injury-riddled first year with the team. Jordan Montgomery, we think, has a lot of upside. It may surprise a lot of people this year, but it's not a certainty that he's going to be great. Uh, Jack Flaherty, obviously, we've talked about him a lot. Great stuff, ace-caliber stuff, but he's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay on the field. And then there's Miles Michaelis, who in five years with the Cardinals, which is 
still hard to believe that he's been with this franchise for five years. But in five years, Miles Michaelis has had three healthy seasons. And in two of them, he's been an all-star. And sure, being named an all-star isn't quite as big as it used to be. doesn't carry quite as much weight as it used to, uh, especially as a pitcher where a lot of times guys who get elected to become all-stars choose not to participate, so they got to find replacements because of whether it's their regular season duties or injuries, but whatever it may be. But still, it shouldn't be overlooked as meaning nothing when it happens. And Miles Michaelis is a two-time All-Star in his three healthy seasons in a Cardinals uniform. His first year with the Redbirds in 2018, he was outstanding. Maybe you don't remember it, but he came over from Japan and he goes 18-4. and four. Those 18 wins tied for tops in the National League with a couple of guys you've heard of, Max Scherzer and uh, former Cardinal legend John Lester. Uh, that year, he also had a 2.83 ERA, which was fourth in the National League. He was sixth in the NL in innings pitched and uh, led all of baseball in walks per nine at a 1.3. That's something Miles has always been good at. He doesn't walk a lot of people, which is fantastic. Uh, finished sixth in the NL Cy Young Award voting that year, and the Cardinals appear to have found themselves a diamond in the rough. So the Cardinals do what they think is the right thing to do, and they lock him up for a year, $68 million contract extension. But then the next season, he declines a little bit. His record falls to 9-14. and 14. The 14 losses tied for the most in the National League with the Diamondbacks' Merrill Kelly. Oh, and another guy that uh, you might have heard of, Sandy Alcantara. All right? Sandy hasn't always been the Cy Young Award winner. He lost 14 games uh, that year. So um, the ERA for Michaelis jumps up from uh, the upper twos to a 4.16. And now we're all kind of looking around going, uh-oh, did the Cardinals make a mistake? Did the league figure out Miles Michaelis? And now we're going to pay for it over the next couple of years. On top of all of that, then he reports that he's dealt with some forearm issues after the playoffs that year, which is never a good thing. Uh, the, the medical staff at the Cardinals decided that Let's let's rest it this offseason and see how things are when we come back in the spring. Uh, but when things resume next season, he was still having issues, ended up having to have surgery. He's out for the season. Now we're really freaking out, aren't we? Now we're really like, crap, that is a waste of money. What were we doing? Ma, what are you doing? Then Miles works his way back to play in 2021, but he starts having shoulder issues. And then in his first outing on May 22nd, he's got to leave early with more issues in the forearm area. But he's able to work his way back. We all feared that it was going to be more complications with uh, you know, the elbow surgery that he had. Luckily enough, didn't happen that way. He just had to kind of work through the, the issues that he was having. And he comes back to the team in August. And then heading into last season... Got to admit, I was skeptical at what Miles Michaelis was going to be and whether or not he was even worth keeping around anymore. I remember in his first start, I was like, here we go. Got to watch this guy again. But I was wrong. I was wrong. Michaelis goes out, has an all-star worthy first half. He goes 7-7, seven and seven, but the ERA, 2.54. And a few of those losses, they weren't on Miles Michaelis. Those were because the Cardinals did... Almost nothing offensively in these games. Uh, first loss, he threw seven and a third innings and allows two runs against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Cardinals lose that game two to nothing. Second loss, three to one game against the Mets, where he gave up two runs over six innings. He then loses a two to one game versus Tampa Bay. Gives up two runs on three hits over eight innings. Loses. Loses a two to nothing game. They get shut out again against the Brewers after surrendering just two runs over six and a third innings. 
And then it's another three to nothing shutout loss, this time to Atlanta. Gives up three runs over six innings. So according to my calculations, that's five losses where the Cardinals scored a combined two runs while Michaelis give up a combined 11 runs over 33 two-thirds innings. That's that's tough luck. Miles didn't do anything wrong. He could have easily gone 5-0 and in those games. And then you're looking at a record that is 12-2 uh, and at the All-Star break. But it didn't happen that way. Just some tough luck. Now in the second half of last season, yes, the numbers regressed a little bit. Had an ERA uh, back up over four, 4.39. And the real issues for Miles in the second half and for most of the season was long ball. 25 home runs given up last year, which was the sixth highest in the National League. And most of the guys ahead of him who gave up more home runs, they weren't even close to being the caliber of a pitcher that Miles Michaelis was last year. Their ERAs close to five or higher. So if he can keep the ball in the yard more this year, I think that would help him out significantly. 12 of the 25 home runs came against the Reds, uh, who hit seven, and then the Brewers, who hit five, who, as we know, both play in very hitter-friendly ballparks. Heck, three of the home runs that the Reds hit came in one game, and they all came in one inning in Cincinnati. I remember this one very well because I was at that game. It was the same game that Albert hit, number 694, and um, – I just remember that inning. And you remember Miles' uh, reaction when the when the home runs were going. He's just like, jeez. You know, he leaves them up in the zone, and that's what happens at Great American Ballpark. Um, I also remember Michaelis had that game in Colorado where he got bludgeoned for 10 runs over two and two-thirds innings. Just couldn't get anybody out. Had one of those days. And obviously, that ballooned his stats a little bit as well. Now, at home, he was 6-3 and three with an ERA of 2.38, which is solid. So I guess what I'm getting at here is that maybe we as Cardinals fans, and speaking for myself, underestimate how good Miles Michael is really is, you know? I mean, he's a pretty darn good pitcher, and he's got a great look. Here's a photo that they were taking in at spring training when they were doing their, uh, their photo shots. There he is, man. He's got the great hair. He's got the mustache. He's smiling. We all know about uh, the quirky personality that he has as well. Um, Miles Michaelis, man. Underestimated? What do you guys think? Doesn't have the outlandish strikeout totals, but he gets the job done. His 12 wins last year tied for seventh in the NL. His ERA was top 15, 3.29 at the end of the season. Walks per nine, top five. Even his strikeouts per nine, not garbage. You don't think of Miles Michaelis as a strikeout pitcher, but 6.81, that was 20th in the National League. But that's not his game. But to be in the top 20, that's pretty pretty good, you know? Uh, he throws strikes. He relies on the accuracy. He relies on his defense. And uh, I think he's a lot better than I give him credit for. I mean, he's going to be one of the top arms for Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. Now, I still think the Cardinals need a power arm to lead this rotation. But you could do far worse than Miles Michaelis. And if Jack Flaherty rounds into form and Jordan Montgomery becomes what we think he can be, then this rotation might not be as sketchy as we think. But again, only time will tell. You know, I'm getting excited about the fact that, you know, he looks really good in his first outing in spring training. It's one outing. I get that. But, you know, the positive side of me says... They're not, they're not as bad as maybe we think. I think we take for granted how good Miles Michaelis actually is. Uh, as far as an extension for Miles, 
who is one of the four starters set to become unrestricted free agents this offseason. John Denton at MLB.com got a quote from Miles about it saying, I like St. Louis. I love the team. I love the organization and the fans are great. Everything about being a Cardinal is fantastic, but those decisions are aren't always up to the player. My job is to go out there and get outs as efficiently as I can, and that's what I'm going to focus on. When I came back, I had four or five offers that were all about the same, and I chose the Cardinals because of the organization, the fan base, and because spring training is in my hometown. There are always a lot of factors that play into it, and they'll play into it if I have a decision to make down the road. I, for one, believe that the Cardinals will get a deal done with Miles Michaelis. I, I just think it just makes a lot of sense. They're clearly very comfortable with him. And um, I think as long as it's more like a three-year deal instead of four or five, I mean, he is 34 years old. He's going to turn 35 in August. I think it's a solid investment. I really do. Because he's not one of those arms that you're worried he's going to blow it out again because he's not somebody who's, you know, going up there and trying to, trying to throw it 100 miles an hour. You know, he's got a very smooth, very easy delivery. And he's just trying to throw strikes, which is a type of pitcher that can last and, uh, you know, be around into his late 30s. So um, I think it would be a solid investment. And then, uh, you know, you got the young arms of this franchise making their way up to fill out the rotation. And Miles can slide his way back and become a four or a five later on in his career. I don't, I don't see a problem with that. Uh, speaking of the young arms, though, uh, some of those young guns were on display yesterday against the Mets and today against the Nationals. We'll be recapping both of those wins next on Locked on Cardinals. Now, if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and the calories, you should try a Built Bar. If you're like me and you want to eat healthier in 2023, Built is the way to go. And what makes them so good is that they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they're good for you because they're only 130 calories four grams of sugar, and you get a whopping 17 grams of protein. And they come in great flavors. You've got churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, a little something for everybody. Uh, they've got the puffs that are delicious as well. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. It used to be you had to go to built.com, you had to place your order, and then you would have to wait a decent amount of time. I'm not, it wasn't like overnight delivery was something that uh, was coming your way. And now you don't have to worry about that. Now you can still order at Built.com. There's not anything wrong with that. Some flavors you're not going to find in the stores. But you can find them now at your nearest Walmart or your Sam's Club. Now at Walmart, you go over to the pharmacy section. You can grab yourself uh, one of their four bar boxes of cookies and cream. They got double chocolate. They got coconut puffs. At the Sam's Club, you can grab the 13 bar box with brownie batter and churro. But again... If you want to see all the flavors and all the different products that they offer and order online, you can do that. Just head on over to built.com today. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Um, let's talk about the games the last couple of days. The Cardinals came into today's game against the Nationals on a two-game winning streak after blasting the Mets on Monday, 12-7. to uh, Real quick, I want to talk about Monday's game because uh, – you got a lot of offense there. There was a lot of things to be happy about. You got big flies from Brendan Donovan and Luke and Baker. Uh, Brendan Donovan popping his second one, right? Uh, but it was a full team effort. They smacked the Mets pitching staff around for 12 hits on the day. Dylan Carlson had an opposite field double with the bases loaded. They played at three, which was really nice to see. Lars Newbar, Juan Yepes, they both get doubles. Goldie had a hit and a stolen base. Mason Wynn had a hit, scored two runs, also had a stolen base. A lot to be happy about offensively. 
And uh, in case you missed it, I do want to bring this up real quick, because in case you missed it, on Monday, Cardinals manager Ali Marmel and uh, umpire C.B. Buckner did, in fact, shake hands. The national crisis is over. Ali and C.B. appear to be getting along. <laughs> uh, I feel like that the situation got squashed pretty quick when MLB stepped in and had a little chit-chat with Ali, and I'm, I'm guessing they had a chit-chat with C.B. as well and said, look, guys, can we can we grow up? And I'm not blaming Ollie for what happened. I mean, he extended the hand, wanted to get the handshake. CB, and my my thoughts on it is that he was the one being childish. So I'm glad that they're like, let's squash this. This is stupid. So we can move on from that now, right? Uh, On the mound on Monday, bit of an up and down day for the staff. Connor Thomas showed some good and some bad over his two-inning start. He allowed two runs on five hits. He walked one, but he also struck out three. Uh, Likely destined for Memphis this year in the starting rotation more than likely, but the Cardinals are looking at him as a possibility for the bullpen in the spring in case, uh, you know, he was to show off and do some things that they were like, wow, we can't, we can't send this guy down. He's too good. Uh, Andre Pallante, speaking of looking good with two and his one inning of work was popping 97 on the gun. You like to see that Chris Stratton. Damn glad to meet you. He's back in a Cardinal uniform, got knocked around a bit though. Two runs, three hits in his lone inning. Uh, Top pitching prospect team Kent's had a solid inning of work. And as pointed out by SDL today's Daniel Guerrero threw seven of the top 10 fastest pitches of the day, topping out at 97.8. And then you had a uh, lefty Anthony Masevich who uh, they got, remember they picked him up. He was with the Royals and the Mariners. Uh, he looked good at his, his one inning of work. He did allow a hit. He struck out one, but I can see how lefties would have a, an issue hitting off him. Just kind of his, his quirky way and his arm angle that he throws at from the left side. So uh, just a pretty good day all around for the birds. You know, I'm not going to get too bent out of shape about giving up seven runs. I mean, it's spring training and usually the hitters are ahead of the pitchers anyway. So I'm not stressing about that favorite moments on Monday though. Dylan Carlson, you got to love that bases clearing double. Uh, he hit it from the left side, which was the side that he struggled from last year. So to see him take it the other way to left center and do it with authority, that's fantastic to see. I'm really impressed with Mason Wynn, too. It's fun watching him, and I see why people are excited for his future. Um, He looks good at the plate. Like he looks like he can do damage at the plate. Uh, the speed on the base pass. I'm I'm always going to be a huge proponent of running more and putting more pressure on the other team's battery. Uh, to see him steal second right away, that was cool. Um, of course, the defense, the arm. You know. It's fun to watch him whip it across the diamond over to first base. He's just been a treat to see. And uh, with Edmund gone to uh, the World Baseball Classic now, should see plenty more of him uh, throughout the rest of this spring. And uh, seeing Tink Kentz, you know, some of these young names perform, it's fun to watch. And uh, it was cool to see him. You can see why people are excited about Hens as well. The heat that he throws, he's got a devastating slider. Uh, I'm sure the Cardinals will be patient with him. I wouldn't expect him to start any higher than double a which might be a stretch at the beginning anyway he might go back to uh to a ball he might be in peoria this year to get things started but um obviously his his star and stock is on the rise but um a very talented 2020 draft uh in that draft walker win burleson and hence that's not too shabby So that's going to take us into today's game against the Nationals, where the Cardinals had two of their top pitching prospects going one and two in the rotation, and it featured back-to-back dingers today in the first by some familiar names. We're going to run down that game next here on Locked on Cardinals. 
The Cardinals and the Nationals faced each other for the second time this spring today. And then the first game, the Nationals came out on top three to two. The offense struggled in that one in the uh, opening game of the spring, but they came out hot today against left-hander Patrick Corbin. The lineup featured a, a lot of the names that you'd expect to see on opening day. Donovan was at second and leading off. Tyler O'Neill in center. Goldie DHing batting third. Arenado was cleaning up at third base. Contreras catching, batting fifth. Yepes was batting sixth and playing first base. Uh, yeah, Dylan, Cardinals, Dylan Carlson, right field, Walker then in left, and then Jose Fermin at shortstop. Uh, Edmund and Newt Bar have left to join their World Baseball Classic teams, in case you were wondering where they were today. Uh, DeYoung dealing with the arm fatigue when got the start yesterday, so it was Fermin's turn for some work. And in case you're wondering who he is, uh, he was with uh, Colorado last year, their AAA team for those who are uh, keeping track at home. Uh, the Cardinals didn't waste any time lighting up the scoreboard in the first inning. He got back-to-back jacks from Golden Nato. Both home runs were the first of the spring for each of them, and it was actually on back-to-back pitches. Uh, Goldschmidt took him uh, over the wall in left center. Arenado's a little bit more to center field, but um, they, said they, they knocked him deep off Corbin, who is a, a very susceptible home run type of pitcher. Uh, in case you didn't listen to the game, Today, uh, the stat was dropped that he has given up 64 home runs over the last two seasons. Ouch. Ouch. That's a lot of home runs, man. That's a lot of mileage. Um, But as great as that was, I was more interested today in seeing what the first two Cardinal pitchers had to offer for us because getting the starting nod was Matthew Libertor and following him was right-hander Gordon Graceffo. And both of them, Looked very, very good today. Libertor throws two innings, got all six hitters he faced. Didn't strike out anyone, but he breezed through his two innings. It was really nice to see. I mean, if we can get him to make some strides this year and have an impact on the Major League roster, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I, I'm pulling for the guy. And then, of course, Gordon Graceffo, fan of the podcast, allows just one hit. Although there was a bit of an issue. Uh, when he plunked Dominic Smith, who's been known to be a little bit of a hothead in his career, but he gets Dominic Smith on the foot. And then Smith and Contreras had some words and had to be separated. And according to Mark Zuckerman, who covers the Nationals, uh, Dominic Smith said Wilson Contreras told him, he didn't hit you on purpose, go to first. And Smith replied, I know he didn't hit me on purpose, but it still hurts. When you get hit by 95, whether it's by accident or on purpose, it's going to hurt. So it doesn't sound like anything really that bad was said to each other, but uh, the the Nationals kind of came out of the dugout for a minute there. Cardinals kept their cool and stayed where they were supposed to be, but yeah, it got a little heated there for a minute, but you got to love the yachty feistiness that you're already seeing out of Wilson Contreras for his new teammates. I mean, we're not... We're not going to get mad about that. Uh, elsewhere on the mound, Giovanni Gallegos got his first appearance, and much has been made about how Gallegos is going to adjust to the new pitch clock because he's been one of the slowest, if not the slowest, pitcher as far as getting the ball, delivering it to the plate. Uh, he takes a while. His tempo is normally very, very slow. So it was going to be adjustment for him. Uh, he did get dinged for one clock violation today. But more importantly, he got knocked out around a little bit, allowing one run, three hits. Um, it was his first outing. I'm not going to freak out. But we all know that Gallegos has those games where there's one game where he'll just get knocked around, and then he's like lights out for like seven in a row, and then he gets he gets popped a little bit. So it does happen. 
Uh, we saw four straight lefties to end the game today. Uh, Packy Naughton also struggled a little bit, two runs on three hits, but then it was zeros for Genesis Cabrera, Zach Thompson, and Andrew Suarez. The Nationals did get 10 hits today, but only three came across to score. So the Cardinals, despite having people on the bases, were able to limit the damage today, and that's what you want to see out of your bullpen, guys. Offensively, Wilson Contreras, another forgettable day at the plate. He struck out all three at-bats, just hasn't found his timing yet, but I'm sure it'll come around. I'm not worried about it. Uh, Goldie finishes two for three. Arenado, three for three, has the home run, the double, and a single. Jordan Walker ripped another double in this one and scored. Carlson and Yepes had hits. And the Cardinals win their third straight. They win this one by the score of 5-3. to three. We'll be flipping the calendar to March tomorrow when the Cardinals have tomorrow off for many games before facing the world champion Astros in their next spring training game. That'll be on Thursday with Adam Wainwright set to get his second start of the spring. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. You can win your league. You can. Matt and Dom are here to help. They do it every day as they bring you the bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. As uh, you know, you start getting into these drafts. We've got well, you got a month still, so maybe you haven't done one yet. But you've got all the fun mock drafts you can do online and whatnot. So Matt and Dom are there to help you out. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. If you haven't already, follow on Twitter. Uh, I would appreciate that at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Hey, all the new followers, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. We got some notable names in there, too. Uh, I saw that Gabe Graceffo, Gordon's brother, is following now. Jordan Walker's dad follows us now. John Hewlett Jr., who I can only assume is the son of uh, longtime Cardinals PA announcer, John Hewlett, is now following us as well. So keep it coming, guys. Let's blow this thing up. As usual, like and subscribe on YouTube. Now, my goal for the YouTube audience, uh, I want to see if we can get to 5,000 subscribers before opening day. We're a little bit over 4,400 right now. So if you haven't hit that subscription button yet, please do that down below. Take you just a second. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. 